take your Bibles and turn to Joshua number 27. Joshua number 27. 24. If you find 27, you have a different Bible than I have. Joshua number 24. Joshua number 24. And we're going to start reading down verse 14 in a moment. So glad you're here this evening. I wish it was a little cooler uh, for you, but I'm glad you're here all the same. And uh, this evening's message is a little different than most of my messages or sermons. Uh, it it kind of connects with the message I preached this morning uh, and uh, just laying out my heart and vision. And uh, I, I want you to understand it and, and know where I'm coming from. And uh, so let's read uh, Joshua 24, verse uh, number, starting verse number 14. And now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. And serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods are Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, I pray that you be with us this evening in a great way. Lord, I know it's warm in here, and Lord, I pray you give us the minds to concentrate on your word for a little bit here, and Lord, to be encouraged by your word, and Lord, what you've laid on my heart, Lord. I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. Well, I still can remember sitting around that lunch table when Pastor Thiessen told me that the Lord was moving him on, and uh, shock and disbelief are two very good words to describe how I felt at that moment. And uh, and I remember him asking me, you know, Pastor Alcock, uh, I think you could take the church here. And I, and I was in disbelief. Uh, I, I, I guess it was kind of the idea is I couldn't do this because I'm not Pastor Thiessen. And the Lord gave me a verse in Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. It says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And that verse is a reference to Sarah having a baby when she was quite mature. Okay? And the Lord kind of rebuked me. If that's not too hard for me, it's not too hard for me to help you lead this church. And the second thing that came to my mind and the Lord helped me with is, I'm not supposed to be Pastor Thiessen. I'm supposed to be the best of Pastor Mark Alcock I can be. That's what I'm supposed to be. And that really helped me out. Now, back to this portion of Scripture. Tonight's going to have all kinds of thoughts all over the place, okay? It's a little bit random uh, this evening, uh, but hold on, okay? Uh, and we'll refer back to this text some more, Joshua chapter 24, but I want you to know that I love Joshua. He's a, a great man uh, in the Bible, great fav- uh, favorite character of mine. He's a man of action. I, I love seeing someone who's moving for the Lord. Amen? Uh, I guess encourages me. And he's one of those. And he's, He wasn't afraid to stand for truth. you know. And he wasn't afraid to stand with Moses. Uh, when there was no one else really for them, he stood with Moses and said, Moses is right. I'm going to stand for truth. And when he was the leader, he stood for truth. Now, he made mistakes. You know, he made errors, but he's human, just like me and you. So that's encouraging to me as well. He's faithful. And as I, I've read through the book of Joshua so many times I, I couldn't tell you, but as I read it and absorb it, <clears throat> I, I get a, a sense of a leader who was in touch with the people. 
And He led them through so many battles. And when you face crisis and you celebrate in victory, and, and you know, some of it was sad, some of it was good, don't you connect with people in a greater way? You certainly do. You certainly do. And I really get that sense as I read Joshua and study his life. He was really connected with the children of Israel. <clears throat> and uh, I, I, and some of those, a lot of those things, I want to be just like Joshua. I, I want to be like him. Uh, you know, as a human example, I want to be of the Lord most of all. But he's a great human example. <clears throat> and Lord, Lord willing, you hear me preaching on him in the in the weeks and months ahead. And the Lord, ser- uh, the word serve here in this verse means to work, serve, or servant and compel. That's all kind of mixed up in that word usage there. And I think you're aware by now that I love the church. I love helping and ministering at church and ministering outside the walls of this church. And uh, I enjoy preaching. Have you got that figured out yet that I like to preach? Okay, maybe not. I'll do a better job next week, okay? Oh, man, we're so crowd here this evening. The heat's really getting to you, isn't it? Uh, but at any rate, I enjoy the preach, and I, I love uh, putting that message together, and I love spending time in the Word, and I love spending time with people. Uh, if, if you're going to put a uh, definition on me or kind of an umbrella of what would cover Pastor Alcock, I'm a people person. I love being with people. And I, I'd like to get with you and understand who you are and uh, have a coffee, meet in the office, wherever, just to encourage. And the vision uh, for our church that I have definitely includes these two words, and that's serving together. Serving together. You will hear that from me time and time again. <clears throat> I'm an avid reader of history and, uh, and of leadership, both in the secular world and in the biblical realm. And I've come to the conclusion, and I've read actually articles about this as well, about the examination of leaders, what makes a good leader, what's the DNA of a leader and all that. Uh, and I've come to the conclusion there's no two leaders that are quite alike. They're all different. They're all different. Some leaders <coughs> are uh, motivate by fear. Now, I don't think that's the best way of doing it, but they do it. They're intimidating. You know, uh, maybe that coach that you had in hockey, you were scared to death of him, so that's why he skated extra hard. You know, I know some of uh, fellows in our church today were in the military. I'm sure you had some sergeants like that. You were scared of them, so you worked extra hard. Okay, so that that's that realm of intimidation. Leading that way. Others, uh, leaders are really, really intelligent. Like, I mean, they are geniuses and they just know how to put a thing together. And other leaders are very administrative, super great at that, you know, and, and they, they enjoy that. You know, my heart's desire as the servant leader is to see us serve together. That's my heart's desire is to serve together. Serve together. That's not my desire. So we're going to travel back a little bit in, 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 uh, for a couple of things. First of all, I want to reacquaint you with uh, one. I made a statement back in July when Pastor made a statement in June about him leaving. And in July, he asked me to, and the church family was interested in what I would have to say about becoming the next pastor. So I just want to revisit that for just a moment. And you probably uh, can remember some of these things, but I just want to re. Uh, Revisit it. First word that I used, I used five words to really describe what I was thinking for the direction was connect. And connect in a greater way with our church family. I, I kind of hit on this. Some of these things you're going to, sounds like I was, I mentioned this morning and I did. 
And uh, so I, I know beyond a shadow of doubt we can uh, do so much more serving together than by ourselves. You know, that was a statement that was used when I sat around the table with Pastor Thiessen and the deacons of BIBC and MIBC when we merged our churches together. The words were used that we could do so much more together than apart. And it's still true today. Uh, I don't know well you, but you know, we, I, I know when I moved from Deer Lake, which was like, uh, five, seven thousand people, to Brampton, I thought, man, I would get to know so many people, and you know, because I like to spend time with people, and you know, I'll never be lonely, I never, I'll never have anything to do. But you know what I found out? You can get lost in humanity, the mass of humanity here pretty quick. And nobody knows who you are. And sadly, they don't really care. You know? And I never want you to come to church thinking they really don't care about me. We do. And maybe we need to readjust our attitudes if we don't care, because we need to care, amen? Then people who come through our doors need to know that. So there needs to be connection. I believe that community is a vital part of our discipleship in helping people in their journey with the Lord. And so that's connect, engage, engage that younger generation in serving the Lord in our local church. Engage that generation and all of our generations to reach those around us for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Engage them in ministry opportunities. And be mentoring the next generation of leaders. This church is 20 years old, praise the Lord. That didn't take long though, did it? We need to be thinking about the next generation. We don't need to be stuck in today. We need to be thinking and with a vision to the future. How are we preparing our church to be successful in the future? Now, the Lord Jesus Christ is the ultimate answer to that. I understand that. But He's given us responsibilities to take care of, and we need to be mentoring those who are with us today to be the leaders in the future. Okay? So let's engage. Refresh. You know, it's good to sit back and, and analyze and watch and, and see what's happening. Uh, make sure that our ministries are meeting the objective of pre- presenting the precious truth of the Word of God the very best way possible. We need to be doing that. Uh, if there's something in the way that's not allowing that to happen, we need to remove it. And I, I, and, uh, I don't mind using new ideas to present the precious old truth. The truth does not change. I don't mind using a different vehicle to get it out there. You know, we can use Internet better, or maybe we can use social media better. Whatever the case is, I want to stop and pause and say, hey, how can we do it better? How can we do it better? We're not changing the message. I hope you got that this morning. We will continue preaching the Word of God unashamedly, okay? That's not going to change. Uh, but I have no problem looking at a new idea that can present the truth in a way that is biblical and right and yet relevant to those around us. Reach, continue to reach this community and region with the hope of the gospel. That's definitely important. I believe that our growth will be affected by how much we reach. You know what I'm trying to say here? If we're not reaching, we won't be growing as we should be. We need to be reaching. We need to be reaching out. I firmly believe our growth will be as great as our reach. We need to be reaching out. And invest invest in the lives of our church family, marriage retreat, True North Summit, or uh, True North Retreat, our youth summit. Uh, we will continue all those. We'll look to have times of development for our teachers and workers in our church. And I hit on this this morning as well, but investing in our missionaries and investing in leaders in our church. I want to, want to do that. And I think all those things fall within the parameter of us serving together, us going forward. 
Uh, and that's my desire. So that, that's my desire is to serve together. How, where, did, where did that come from? I sat down this week and I really thought about it. I actually had a different message planned to preach as of Thursday night. I had a totally different message. Uh, but the Lord laid this on my heart, so I was thinking about it Friday and yesterday and this afternoon. And, uh, where did that place, where, where did that come into my mind of serving together? When I was three, three or four, my folks got saved. And they got saved at a Salvation Army church. And not too long after they left that church, I can't tell you all the reasons why they left, but they started attending First Baptist Church in St. John's, Newfoundland. And they still attend the church there today. Uh, and they you know, love that church. I can never remember going to any other church. And whenever the doors of the church were open, we were there, like it or not, if we were you know, screaming and yelling and we were pulled in there, or if we were happy, we were brought in. You know, the idea is that we went to church and we loved church, and I guarantee I can never remember ever a sporting event don't, or any other event that stopped us from going to church unless we were sick or we out of the city on vacation. That's the only times I can remember not being at church. And my folks just made a priority. Now, my dad was heavily involved in the ministries of the church. And he still is quite involved. Now, he never sang in a solo. And I assure you, you'll be glad he didn't, okay? He, he's not a singer. He never sang in any groups. And he never preached. Uh, he never taught any Bible classes. No public speaking. You know, that's just not his gifts. He served as a deacon. He has the head usher, as the janitor. He was a he was a project manager before they called them project managers. Okay, he was he was hired by the church to help build a building back in 1998. He was there and he was involved. My grandfather had bought an old mine. My family is weird and wonderful, okay? And, uh, my grandpa, he didn't, he didn't buy the rights to the mine, he bought the actual mine shaft, and he took it all apart. And the church, the First Baptist Church in Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, is made out of an old mine, okay? And so he put up all the steel girdings and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and you know what? I say that with great pride. That my dad loves the Lord. That's a great thing to be able to say. And, you know, and he can, you know, continue to, even today, to serve in the church. He plows the snow. And I, I'm sure I miss things he did. But this is where serving together comes to in my life, okay? So my dad would get us to get involved with him while he was doing this work. I can still remember uh, driving the big dozer on the church parking, or church lot. It wasn't a parking lot at the time. It would eventually be. Uh, helping him push the dirt as we were building the church. Come on up here, Mark. Give me a hand. And what little guy doesn't like to be in a tractor? Right? And I'd get up there and I was beaming. I thought I was the coolest kid on the go. And, you know, I went to school the next I drove the tractor yesterday or whatever. You know? And I can remember times uh, my dad would uh, go to clean the church. Come on, Mark. Come with me. And it was the way he said it. It wasn't like, oh, will you come with me and clean the church? It was like, hey, Mark, come with me. Let's go serve. Let's go clean the church. Let's get it done. Let's serve the Lord. And you know what that spawned in my heart? was enthusiasm to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I can remember going with him to clean, uh, clear the snow, and he's like, "Okay, uh, Mark, I'll, I'll clean. I'll push the snow back, and you clean up around that door, and you make sure everyone can come in and out." And and he would remark something like that. This once we were done, he'd say, "See what we can do together is so much more than what we could do apart." Now, in total openness, I'm sure my dad did bribe me a few times with ice cream or Tim Hortons donuts. Okay. I'm going to be totally open with you. But, you know, I can't remember the ice cream flavor or the donuts. But I can remember that serving together is pretty important. And we can get so much more done serving together. Now, there was a verse over the the back door of the house that we lived in at my childhood home uh, in a place called Paradise, Newfoundland. It's not Paradise. It's not even close, but that's the name of it. All right, and, and over the, the door frame going into the, the back and, and uh, the go out the back door was this verse. I grew up seeing this verse every day of my life. And if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The verse I just mentioned in Joshua chapter 24. I believe my parents did their very best to be living examples of that. And that is instilled in my heart the desire to serve together. I've seen what we can do to serving together and going forward for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's my heart's desire. If the church would move forward and accept me as their pastor, we'd serve together. Serve together. And see what the Lord will do. The future. So with those things in mind, what, what, I want to let you know that I, I'm not going to do the work of Mississauga International Baptist Church all by myself. I might last one week. One week if I did everything. So that's not even on the table, right? You understand that? You're, I see lots of heads nodding. I don't know if you're nodding off to sleep or you're, <laughs> if you're with me. Uh, but yeah, that's right. We're, this is a group effort. We need to be working. To, so how do we serve together? How do we do that? Starts at the top. Starts with communication. Look over in Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. Verse number 29, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use edifying, that may minister grace unto the hearers. So the first part of the verse says, no, Let no corrupt, corrupt communication, that's conversation, proceed. But good communication, it doesn't say communication, so the opposite of corrupt is good, so good communication be used. We need communication. Good communication is vital, a vital key, for a strong and healthy relationship. Amen? When I have counseled uh, folks who are getting married, this is one of the verses I bring them to. It's like, hey, you need to understand communication is important. And we're always working on communication. It always needs to be something that we're checking up on to make sure we're getting it right. For us to serve together in the greatest way possible, you need to be informed. You agree with that? A few nods, a few amens. I'll let that sink in as well. You know, along with the staff that's aiding the church, we will communicate a number of things 
I found a definition of communication that's very good. Sharing information in such a way that it's understood. I, I can tell you all kinds of things. My mouth has been used. I, I've used words. But if you don't understand it, it's just a blah, 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 blah. I don't want blah, 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 blah. I, we are going to do this. That's what I want you to get so you can understand. So I, some things we're going to communicate with you going forward, uh, my vision is goals. Goals. Do you set goals for your family, for your life, for the future? Raise your hands. Anyone set goals? That's good. It's very important to set goals. And I kind of mentioned this morning, if you don't plan to do it, if you're not deliberate in doing something, you'll never do it. We need to set goals. On this past summer, uh, we set a goal, actually we knew a long time ago, about two years ago, that we were going to go on a family reunion trip. Uh, so we had, had a goal of going out east. And we made steps. You know, we took steps. We saved money. Kids saved money. We made the reservations. Got to places. We went tenting. I have communicated that very effectively with my family. I'm not doing that again. So you know that I've communicated, okay? So we made goals, okay? Uh, to get to that place. We set them out. These are the goals that we have. Each year in our church, the Lord willing, we'll, uh, we'll set out goals for that coming year and that will be communicated so you'll understand. Now, there's some goals I don't need to communicate every year. You know that reaching the loss is important. Amen? You know you need to be in church. Amen? You know that. So those, some of those goals, we don't even need to refresh. I mean, we could talk about it once in a while, but you know those things. Well, let me give you an example, okay? This is not necessarily on my radar or such, but it's just going to use it for example's sake as we go through here. Let's say we have a, um, a ministry of visiting. We actually have a, a visiting uh, ministry. Visiting the elderly, the shut-in, th- those type of people, okay? Uh, folks who can't get out to church and are sick. Our goal would be to visit them. So we would communicate that goal. And as well, we would communicate the goal and how we see that goal Accomplish. We'll define it. And so the idea is that we know what we're supposed to do. Don't you like what you know when you're supposed to do? I do. We're going to talk about that in a moment as well. And the idea is that we set up these goals so, one, we're glorifying the Lord with these opportunities. And you know what? When you're glorifying the Lord, you get a blessing as well. It's not necessarily a financial blessing. It's not anything in particular, but you have the knowledge, you understand that you're serving, you're doing what the Lord has for you, and there's joy there. Joy in serving the Lord. So there's goals. So that's something we're going to communicate. We're going to communicate finances. Each year we have an annual budget, a forecast, which is important. We examine the past year, and we praise the Lord for what has happened. Then we plan for the next the best we can. So I want you to understand that we've add some more financial reports so you know what's happening. You being informed is important, amen? Knowing what's happening. So that way, if, let's just use the example that we get halfway through the year and, boy, we're having a bit of a tough time. Maybe we need to make some cuts or whatever, but at least you're informed. So maybe if you want to be a blessing and give a little more grade, well, maybe... Well, the real positive side, we're, we got more in the coffers than we're, we're putting out. Maybe we can invest in something, a piece of equipment or something like that, that will help our church go forward and help our ministry be more effective. Whatever the case, that, but you're, it's being communicated. You're understanding the information and make good and wise decisions. We'll continue to communicate 
the events and, and prayer requests that are ongoing. And I'm so thankful that we're doing that already. So thankful that uh, Jessica Lahr has, uh, with great enthusiasm, become our communication coordinator. Eh, too many C's there. Communication coordinator, all right? And you're going to see her putting out information and things. And we want to keep that going. So you know what's happening. Uh, and if you're not getting emails, uh, you need to talk to her so you get she gets your email so you'll get the information. Because we want you to be informed. And what's happening in our church. So I'll tell you about the special things that are upcoming. And we definitely need to be praying for each other. Amen? You know, and I have no problem uh, seeing those prayer requests come up. I desire to see it. I can pray for it as well and, and help. And maybe that prayer request comes along. And I'm like, you know what? I can meet that need. I'm going to answer that prayer request right there. So just keep them coming. And that's something we want to continue to communicate as well. So along with that communication, we want to, uh, uh, in the future, for working together, to help us serve together, is expectations. What's the expectation? I worked for a cranky old Scotsman when I was back in Bible college. He was always in his office slipping himself way too much to drink. And this is the guy I had to go see every day about work. And we go into work. I worked at an inflatable company. So you know those uh, big things that kids jump around inside all the time? And sometimes you want to jump around in there too? The, the little kid in you wants to go jumping in those big bouncy castles? A few of you are admitting that you're a little kid. Okay, I, I am. I like to do it too. Uh, but I would make those things to sew it all together in the company I was with. Well, he would come out of his office every shift and tell us what needed to be accomplished. Now, he would use the most colorful language that I ever did here. And though he was not the nicest boss, I never wondered what he expected from me. I knew what was expected to get done that shift. And for the most part, his expectations were fair. They could be accomplished. If, if you did decide, say, Pastor Alcock, I want to get involved with visiting the elderly, that, that ministry you just talked about, will we put up some expectations, some information that will help you that will be reasonable? Like, don't go visit a senior at 10 p.m. I'm not saying anyone did that here, but that's a good expectation, don't you think? You know, so just some things to help you. Call before you go. And I, this uh, being really warm in here is a great illustration about going to visit some folks who are sick and shut on. They really like it warm. Okay, I, I was never taught this in Bible college. Okay, so I can remember the first time I went to visit as a church planter. Josephine was her name. Lovely lady. She was from Labrador, and uh, she had gotten saved many years before by listening to a preacher on the radio. She gave me her testimony. It was amazing. But you know, about five minutes after she started talking, I thought I was going to pass out. Because I'd gone there in the middle of winter with my longest, warmest sleeve shirt on. I had insulated pants on. And I had a big parker. Because it was freezing outside. Come on in, Pastor. So I sit down and within three minutes, I know that this is not going to go well for me. Because it's really hot and it's warm in there. So did you know that? Some of you said, yeah, I know. Some of you are like, no, I did not know that. But the reality is, if we're going to ask you to do things, we have expectations, at least inform you of how you can do the job the best that you can. Make sense? Good. I'm glad you understand. And there's other things. You know, uh, read Scripture with them. 
Pray with them. If they have a need that maybe the, the church could assist in, let us know. If there's an emergency, phone those who need to be phoned. And, and then, you know, we have an expectation, let us know if you don't want to do it anymore. And that's fine if you don't. But we don't want to leave people in the lurch who need to be ministered and you don't want to do it and you don't tell us. Hey, if we're going to serve together, we need to communicate. We need to talk. And, and listen, I know life changes. Listen, last October, I did, or was, this is not October, this is September. My. Last September, I did not think I would be standing here preaching this message to you. Okay, so life changes. That's fine. But we just need to understand the expectations and go forward with that. Communication of expectations helps everyone involved and it helps avoid problems and pitfalls as we go. Okay? And we need to have fellowship and praise. If we're going to serve together, there, uh, there will be times we need to get together, right? We need to do that. Times when the whole congregation's together, times when the smaller groups were together, and times when we're one-on-one. Fellowship is important. It's important, like I mentioned this morning, it helps me to pray for you. It's important for our families. There's going to be times of fun of those fellowships. There will be times of decision in those fellowships. And there's going to be times of sadness in that fellowship. But we need to be together. That fellowship needs to be together. It encourages us. There's going to be praise. I will bless the Lord at all times. Psalm 34.1 And His praise shall be continually in my mouth. Now, earlier I mentioned the communication of our goals and our expectations. And that right? So let's just say that you've been visiting the elderly. You've been involved with that ministry I just made up to give for example's sake. And you've been visiting for six weeks and you come back and you say, Hey, Pastor, I visited the seven people on that list. Well, praise the Lord. Can you tell us how that went? Can you tell me or let the staff know? Let us know how it went. Is there some way that we can do it better? And, and for events that maybe are a little bit larger or maybe once in a while we can give updates to the church what happened. Don't you want to know when something good has happened in our church life? I do. I hear enough negative out there. I want to hear some positive in here to encourage me in my walk with Jesus Christ. Listen, the third Sunday of every month we have a nursing home. They actually just changed it from a nursing home facility to a care home. But the third Sunday of every month we do that. And I try really hard to let you know how many people were there. I don't tell you that. So I can get a pat on my back. I could care less about a pat on my back. I tell you that because I want you to be encouraged that 22 or 23 folks who do not attend our church were under the sound of the gospel. They were encouraged and we served the Lord. Shouldn't you be praising the Lord about that? You should. That's why I tell you. That's important to praise the Lord for what we've done. We're, We're serving. We're serving Him. You know, my heart is really served together. Now, I don't think I'm a really good leader if I'm walking all by myself and the church is way back there. You know why I think that is? I'm just walking by myself. Well, that, I think of that shepherd who was, let's go. Let's go forward. Let's serve the Lord. That's what I desire. That's my heart. And you need to know it. You need to know the heart of this shepherd and what I'm thinking and how we're going to go forward to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Folks, I want you to know that you can talk to me and communicate with me. If you have a question, you have a concern, or you have an idea, I'll do my best to give you an answer. To help you with that concern and listen to understand your idea. Now, you might not like my answer. Fair? Fair. No, sometimes I've asked at the dinner table if I can have some more meatballs, and I don't like the answer I get. No! He's mad you just shoved the last one in his mouth. No. The idea is that what we need to communicate. That's back to that vital part of a relationship is communication. We need to be communicating. No, um, I might not implement all your idea or very much of your idea, but I might adapt it. And I might say, you know what, in a few years that would be a really good idea. I'll write that down. You know, I believe that helps foster an attitude of that we're serving together, we're having good communication. And that's from the congregation to the pastor. I'm talking about you talking to me. Well, I talked about earlier about the communication and things like that. That's from here down. This is from you to me. I need to know. If I can't help, if I do not know. Fair enough. I, can't, I don't read minds. I don't. I need to know if I, if I can be a blessing or a help. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm almost done. Because it's pretty warm up here. First Corinthians chapter 13, and we'll start in verse number 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and I have not charity, it profit me nothing. Charity suffereth long, it's kind. A charity envieth not, and charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Bearing all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. Charity is love. Love. I want to bring to your attention two things. Two things that I will do if you will call me to be your pastor. And this is besides other things that we've already talked about. Number one, I will do my very best to love you. My very best to love you. I love this church. I desire to be a doer of the Word of God here in in 1 Corinthians 13 about loving those around me. And you have embraced me and my family in amazing ways long before Pastor Thiessen informed you what the Lord was moving in his heart to do. And and that's it's been such a blessing to me and my family. And I, I want you to know that I'm going to love you the best that I know how. The best that I know how. In your personal life, do you have people you love or that love you? Hands up. Do you have people you love or people that love you? I should see every hand go up. You might not have someone that loves you or you don't think so, but you should be loving somebody, all right? Okay, so we're all on the same page. Because this is important. Do you know what people who love you or you love people do? We often fail. Does that make sense? That we fail? 
Yeah. We don't purposely do it, but we do fail. You don't, you don't get up in the morning and say, oh, I love that person. I'm going to fail them today. No, you don't do that. But it happens. And that's the second part. I'm going to do my very best to love you, and I want you to know that I will fail. And I love, you know, let me give you an example this way. I love my wife. She's going to turn red again. I had that conversation over lunch, so I'm all good now. Okay. Uh, I love my wife. And I remember one birthday, I thought it would be great. And when I say this, some of you men are going to start shaking your head. And that's fine. I deserve it. I thought it would be great to buy her a vacuum. I thought it'd be super. You know, and I went to Sears in, this, in the mall that was there not far from where we lived. And I went in there. I'm like, I'm going to buy her a vacuum. And there was a vacuum. And it was on sale. Man, I am getting all the check marks here. I'm going to get something that I know that she could use. Oops. You know. And it's on sale. She's going to love me. I'm going to be the best husband in all the world. And it wasn't a cheap vacuum. I mean, it wasn't. But it was on sale. And aren't vacuums great tools? Man, don't we think that way? I need a tool. You know, so it's a great tool. I bring it home. It's all in that box. You know, I can tell you that that particular birthday, she was not super happy with me. Okay? I failed. You know, I didn't meet the mark. It was not the right gift. Now my wife buys me vacuums. (laughs) Which I think is great. Emily jokes around that my Dyson is my favorite child. (laughs) But it always picks up what I put before it. I mean, why couldn't I? (laughs) That's great. But at any rate, the idea is that you know, I love my wife. I tried my best, but I failed. I'm going to love this church. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to fail. And I'm not talking about a moral failure or anything of that proportion. I'm just talking about life. I'm just talking about life. You might have an expectation that I won't meet. I'm going to fail you. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep loving you. Tell me about it, and I'll try to make sure that doesn't happen again. And I understand that I can't change everything, but, man, I want to love you and love this church and love the Lord and see us go forward together serving the Lord. MIBC is truly an amazing church. I've been in 78 different churches across Canada, and there's no place like this place. No place like this place. We have millions of people around us who need the Lord. We have wonderful ministries that we're currently doing and we could see do some more in the future. I'm excited about what the Lord will do with our church in the days ahead. I know our beliefs are correct. We need to make sure that we're behaving correctly. And I know that we have some big dreams and they're based upon the Word of God. And the Lord will answer our prayers in His time according to His will. But let's not get stuck in just the dream mode. Let's make sure that we're serving together. That we're going forth serving the Lord Jesus Christ. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, 
or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell? I don't know about you, but this last part I can almost hear it, though I have no idea what Joshua's voice sounds like. But I can hear it because it was close to the end of his days. Maybe a bit of a raspy voice, a thick voice. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 